Welcome back to Chicks and Balls, the podcast, a sports podcast by women about more than women's sport. On today's show, the queen herself, Ash Barty, hangs up her racket and the journalists of the AFL find themselves with a sexism problem. Thanks for tuning in. My name is Molly Silva and as always, I am joined by my co-hosts who have patiently awaited my return, Georgia Moore and Keely Silva. Wow. How are you guys? I'm sure you've missed me so much. Um, do you really want us to answer that? No, I don't actually. Because um, we got some good feedback on Mitch. You know what? The man, he's very good. Yes. He's very good. I thoroughly enjoyed him even without a voice. I think it brought a bit more character um, to the conversation. <laughs> well, I, he was stressing about it and I said to him, well, we love um, a hangover story. Yeah. And we love a bit of croak, the- which for some reason I have. As well. Yeah. you just tired. Sunday sesh. Oh, you did have a Sunday yeah, sesh. I, I forgot about it. I had this. a Saturday sesh last minute too. Remember? Oh, yeah. You went to Vinyl Room. Yeah. Nice. 10pm, I yeah. decided. Yeah. And I was on my way home from the netball and Kill was like, come to Vinyl Room. And I was like, no. Uh, um, Georgia Moore, how are you, mate? How's your week been? I am good. Week's been good. Also had a Sunday sesh, which I regretted very sorely yesterday. Uh, but nonetheless, week was good. Weather's taking a turn for the worse over here, but, oh. you know, we move. London showing its true colours. Yeah, Exactly. Well, well, Keely, other than your two sets, how was your week? Um, My week was pretty good, busy, work, um, footy. How was your week, Marley? My <laughs> week um, was pretty bloody fantastic, I won't lie. Wow. Um, did me NRL sideline debut. Oh, yeah. Which was a hell of a lot of fun in the pouring rain. Um, I was freezing. I was terrified. I was very nervous and it didn't fail. So that was good. And also just had a whole sporting weekend, even though it was my one weekend off from footy stuff. Um, I know. All I did was go to football of other codes and then the netball, which, like, I'm not mad about. I had a great time. I'm just also sad because I didn't have any sets. You know, hey, I did hey, not the get on the was there. Yeah, I know. I was too tired on Saturday. I was so keen after Friday night. I was like, yeah, get on the piece. And then my adrenaline settled and I was like, oh, wait, I'm an old lady and I've worked really hard all week, so I need to go to sleep. Anyway, enough about me. Yes, enough about you. Into our first segment. Feedback feels with Kiehl's. Thank you for joining me for my segment. Um, really happy to be here. Got a few fun ones. Um, the first one I'm going to just p- put out there because it's a little bit funny but obviously a little bit um, not ignorant from this person. Just a little bit silly. Okay. I don't know how long this boy has been a fan or a friend of the show. Okay. <laughs> but Marley and I both know him, Mitchell Tremaine. Oh, yeah. He um, said to me yesterday, no, two days ago, um, so – you know, with the podcast, and I go, yeah. And he goes, do you guys really watch all that sport? Do you cover everything? Oh. And I was like, yeah. Like, <laughs> what do you mean? Just make to. it up. She's like, he's like, no, like the F one. I said, no, no. To be fair, that's a I, I was like, that's a Georgia thing. That's not a Keeley thing. I was like, I like fast cars. I don't know enough. Yeah. He was like, oh, I was like, we kind of like 
This ha- thing have our own things that we yeah, all love. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was like, yeah, right. That's really cool. And I was like, what do you think we bullshit it? Yeah. I was like, well, we obviously know a little bit. And he was like, yeah, no, like there's just a lot of sport that gets posted. So he was like, I was just, he was impressed. Oh, okay. Cool. It came across nice. Don't Fair worry. Enough. Fair enough. Gee. Do you know what that what that reminds me of? And it's the TikTok I sent to you guys the other day being like, this is basically our lives where it's like that you're actually really funny. And people are like, I know that. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people know that. Yeah. It's the actually that gets me. <laughs> yes. And it was, and it was a girl doing like, it about like, you actually know a lot about sport. And we were like, yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> actually enjoy sport. Yeah. Um, and then... Are we surprised? Gabrielle Crotty has given us a... Gab. Yeah, Gab. Dal, how are you, mate? <laughs> she said, I was playing the podcast when I got to Pilates. Uh, it was about 15 minutes before the class. So I was warming up, playing it out loud, and the old ladies that do Pilates came in. I don't know if we should call them old, but she did. Um, and I was going to turn it off, but they told me it's right, and they started listening to it, and then they actually enjoyed it. They said, and this is a quote, that boy sounds very lovely. Those girls are very smart. So, yeah, now you guys have a 60-plus audience. I'm yeah, guessing that's that. the age bracket. Yeah. <laughs> that works. Um, can I, I have a personal note for Gab because she messaged me asking if I was in Brizzy on Sunday for the two NRLW games that were up there. Um, I told her I wasn't, um, but I will. I can now confirm Marley Silva is doing sideline for the NRLW grand final. Ew. I'm very excited. Of, insert round of applause. Insert round of applause. Very, very excited. I will be up in Redcliffe to do it. Ah, home of the dolphins. That's eh? just a specific message for Gab because she deserves (laughs) it. She gives us so much feedback. She gets messages directly to her in this podcast. Um, And then just to finish off, we will talk about a lot of fun things later in the show that I have compiled together. Mm. But to finish off feedback feels with kills, I just wanted to chuck in a quick little feedback. Physio kills feels. Yep. Yep. Um, two sad things, but two athletes who should be recognised, three actually, um, mm-hmm. confirmation of a third one came uh. through before. First of all, Sam Wallace from the Swifts, yep. round one of the Suncorp Super Netball in that hectic grand final rematch. Up the Giants. <laughs> did her ACL yep. out for the season, gone. Uh, can I just say, I was sitting at that end of the court, um, like basically directly above her and watching her knee crumble live and the sound and her screaming mm. was awful. Like it, I never, ever want to see it that close again. And I feel like, um, you know, netballers all feel that pain so deeply, whether mm. they've had the injury or not, but because it's so common in netball, like you know straight away and if it's you, you know straight away and I think it just makes it so heartbreaking in the commentators because I was watching the game from home. The commentators were devastated i don't know it was really sad she's a phenomenal phenomenal shooter she's like was really close to a a big milestone as well i think about 600 shots um so yeah Yeah. devastating uh and then ray stone from the eels equally uh, devastating equally devastating apologies g um but yeah after scoring the winning try against the storm he stepped off his right bang acl gone um was such a heroic moment for him and i think it was him almost proving himself because there were so many lovely positive posts about him scoring the try before the injury was confirmed. 
Um, but obviously, yeah, he's out for the season. And then the one that just came through that wasn't confirmed until today was um, Botil from Para. Welsh, yeah. Yeah, from um, NRLW Parramatta Who's Eagles. a freak and been killing it. I yeah. was really surprised that Para, obviously, Para slipped out of the four. I was going to so. say slipped out, but yeah. that could almost be a... But means no origin, um, yeah. no second season this year, no World Cup, yeah. um, which is devastating. She's a phenomenal, I mean, for the World Cup, that... Um, fullback position is going to be the most hotly contested in the women's um, team. I know who I got my money on. Oh, to make up to yeah. you every day of the week. Um, but uh, Botil, she's a freak. Yeah. Um, all those girls, uh, I, I think, I, know, I don't want to make this about me, but because I've just seen them this whole NRLW season, see them every weekend, watch them, I just feel this like particular love for all those girls who play in that sport and it just... They all care about it. And, like, they're just so happy to be able to play that it kills me. Yeah, I just think, yeah, just wanted to address it and shout out to As a physio, like, can I ask you this question? Yeah, if you want. I don't know everything. I know, but (laughs) we have seen again, and it's sort of similar. I don't know if it was – was it the beginning of last season we were talking about this, had there been so many injuries? And there's been heaps of ACLs this year. Yeah. I know that in your Harold Matt's team, you've talked about the boys wearing a particular boot, which has impacted them. Well, you think? I mean, like Matty John said on his show, he's like, I can't comment on the boots, yeah. but the boots. Uh, yeah, two of the two boys in my team who have done their ACL this year were both wearing the exact same blue Nike boots. Mm. I'm not sponsored by Nike, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, I love we, how you're like, I won't say the boot, but the ex- exact colour and brand. <laughs> I actually don't know what kind of boot it is. So I, I actually can't confirm. I forget yeah. what it's called. But um, which is, just, I know you can't. But it plays a, plays a part. Yeah, yeah, it does. And I, in my time working at Rebel Sport, um, spoke to a lot of the boys who were obsessed with boots and uh, one in particular was that obsessed and he read all this stuff and knew all these things about it and he yeah because of the way that the stud pattern is on some of the boots and it's like less is more because you're lighter on your feet and you can step and do this and do that um and like the depth of the stud and how much it goes into the ground like there's so many contributing factors and so many things that i don't think any studies have confirmed anything but in my own personal opinion i've 100% 100% think that it plays a part. Mm. 100%. Because if you just flip over, if you get Adidas, Nike, Asics, um, New Balance, whatever else, you just flip them over, they're all different. Yeah. So they're all different weights, different materials. And obviously, not everyone hurts themselves in one particular boot. Um, you could do it wearing anything, but I don't know. Something doesn't add up. Yeah. Mm, conspiracy. So the other boys in my team are not wearing those yeah, boots. Yeah, fire and I wouldn't. Now it's time for a segment that we call Around the Grounds, where each week we dive into the biggest headlines in sports media. And there hasn't been a much bigger one than this, Georgia Moore. Absolutely. So in a move that shocked not just Aussies, but the entire sporting world, really. Tennis number one, Ash Barty has retired at the ripe old age of 25. Just last week, the Queen herself, Ash, released a statement via a sit-down interview with her dear friend and former Aussie tennis player Casey Delacqua. The six-minute video made me personally sob, unsure about you guys, but smile as well. And while most of us are happy for Ash to do whatever Ash wants to do with her life, the nation is kind of divided. So I think because it's like 
almost impossible not to just adore her. Most people are pretty happy with it, but there's always going to be that old school media raining on the parade. Fox Sports specifically have called it a national tragedy. Classic. Girls, how we feel? What was like? I woke up to the news over here, UK time. Marley had already posted it on the chicks page and I woke up and like was very disorientated and confused for quite some time just I think in shock how did we find out how do we feel all the group messages yeah it just was ash I thought it was a prank initially I was kind of like oh yeah good one like I don't know why. That was just my initial reaction. I was just like, oh, no, that's a joke, surely. Rumor mill or something. Yeah. Watching that video, I was the same as you, G. I mean, just the the raw emotion um, of Ash and the love between her and Casey is just so beautiful in itself that that was really emotional. And as much as I was shocked... I kind of ro- I rolled my eyes when you said that Fox Sports called it a national tragedy. Um, I mean, we know that some of these media outlets can be quite dramatic. Uh, and I did not think that at all. I, I didn't really think of it as how it impacts anyone other than Ash. Um, and I think that, you know, it, it's fair to kind of go, the world number this is like such a rare thing to happen um what does this mean for australian tennis you know who's gonna kind of step in and and fill her place whatever whatever but i just have so much respect for her i just think it's so ballsy and a testament to her self-confidence and her value for what's important to her um, that is so difficult, I think, for anyone to ever, like, to display at any age. Um, but to think, first of all, she's younger than me, which makes me feel weird AF. <laughs> um, but also, like, she's just, I don't know, she's just such a badass. I'm like, yeah, sick. Finish at the top. I love that. No, I couldn't agree more. And like you said, a testament to her because I just think not a second in that video did anyone think she might have been second-guessing herself or she might have been unsure. Like, although she was emotional and she talked about how hard a decision it was, you could just tell with every fibre of her being she was so comfortable and at peace with that decision. But not only that, a testament to the people around her. I think there would be many athletes in all different sporting codes who maybe hang on a little bit longer than they might have had the gut feeling for because of a coach or because of money or because of pressure around them or because, you know, they had the parents growing up who always wanted this for them maybe even more than they wanted it for themselves. So I just think at that age and she – we've spoken about this before. I'm not sure if we've spoken about it on air, but Ash always says we – refers to when she makes a speech after winning a tournament when she won Wimbledon when she wins the Australian Open it's always we us me and my team she never refers to herself as an individual athlete and I think that just goes to show that her and her team are so in sync and so comfortable with the decision process that she's making and clearly we're really happy for her to do this yeah I was pretty much felt the same as you Miles like I well, for, from both of you, actually. I was just happy for her. I didn't even think twice, like, how dare she? I thought, oh, my gosh, that sucks. I'm never going to be able to watch her play again. Fire out. We'll just watch the repeats. Like, I just was like, good on her. Like, if that's the best decision for her, then so be it. I, I can't stand those old school opinions of 
you know, like, oh, but she could have done this and she could have done that. She's in her prime. She made $43 million this year or last year were accumulatively like, okay, great. If I made that much money, I'd be like, sweet. I don't want to do anything else. Like, I don't know. Obviously, I heard it on the radio um, with Erin and Husey and what's it? Ed. And Ed, yep. And Husey was blowing up being like, she made that much money. She she went one more year and just got this more, more money and – and you know, and how much money do you need? And I'm like, mate, she's number one. She's finishing at the top. Isn't that what yeah. it is when you're on top? Yeah. Stop. Um, and she's achieved all that she's wanted to. But I think people think that, and this leads into another question that G has posed to us. But I think people think that's the absolute end of Ash Barty and we'll never see her again. Mm. I think that's why some, you know, true blue Aussies who love their sport and stuff, they're like, oh my gosh, it's done for. Just quickly before you get into that, G. I hearing you say, you know, you're finishing at the top, whatever, whatever. Would we ever have gotten a better moment than this year when she won the Australian Open? Yeah, exactly. We were all watching. It lifted the entire nation. It was a beautiful thing and a where were you when moment. And yeah, what a what, what a note to end on. One thousand percent. And selfishly, the first thing I thought was oh, my God, thanks, God, I watched her this year at the Open. I nearly didn't go to the game. It was like one of the semis or something and I'd been like down on the peninsula all day and I was running late back to Melbourne. I was like, oh, I'm not going to go. Like, it's fine. And I ended up going and now I'm like, oh, my God, <laughs> so grateful I went, so glad I saw Ash at her last Open. But, yeah, and like talking about the money and the success and all of that is one thing. She's one in prize money alone 24 million US dollars so double that from an Aussie's perspective but why not go out on top like and if she's true like just the way she spoke about being like I couldn't physically emotionally mentally would not be able to push myself to be there again so why like finish at a mediocre level yeah back to the old heads I wanted to touch on a comment from Fox Sports before we get into the future of Ash there is a quote, there's just like, a, honestly, just a shit posting article from Fox Sports that came out immediately. This is where they called it a national tragedy. And one of the quotes from this journalist is, how many underachievers and tennis brats did we have to sit through to wait for a gem like Barty to come along? Oh like it's, oh like it's Ash's responsibility to carry the weight of our tennis nation. Like it's her job to make up for the predominantly male mm. tennis brats that we've had come through the sport like and he you know referred back to how long it's been since our last world number one and how like we've been waiting since Leighton Hewitt yeah. to have someone who's competitive at the slams and all this and was just like oh like we waited so long almost being <laughs> oh, like we deserve more this, from her this just brings, and I was like no no it just brings back to our what we always say that like she owes you nothing but she's also she athletes are people too yeah like she's not just providing this for you so you can go yay tennis winner yay we have a winner we have the world number yeah one. She, she's <laughs> off and if that any, does my head out in. of all the aussie athlete the big athletes we have she is more than a human like she's more human than athlete the way that she yes. holds herself and she doesn't like doing interviews and, and she's like i know what i want and i want to crack open a beer because i just won the aussie open like she's very normal also, I just like this exact thing that we come back to all the time 
if Ash was a young tech entrepreneur who made it to 25 years old and had developed some app or whatever that made her, you know, 50 million Australian dollars and was like, that's it. I'm done. I made this thing that I was passionate about. I've handed it over now. I don't want to do it anymore. I'm going to retire at 25. No one would care. Yeah, like, we're crazy it's sport it's people. There, like, it's just different. <laughs> oh. But into now, she alluded to the next chapter plenty, plenty, plenty. And while we don't want to put words in her mouth and the next chapter could very much be marriage and a family life that she's excited for, do we think there is maybe something else bubbling away? We know she took a break off tennis to play cricket for a while. Do we think there's maybe a shock return? I know Sportsbet had something about Ash playing for the Lions in the AFLW. There's plenty bubbling up under the surface. Thoughts? Um, Golf is what I've heard. Well, that's what I was going to say. I was going to say golf. Golf is what I heard. And I was like, yes, get it, Queen. But mum and I were having a bit of a discussion about it and mum was pretty much like, no, she's definitely going back to cricket. She's definitely going back to cricket. Then 10 minutes later she yells out from up downstairs, no, it's golf. Apparently it's golf. So I think it's exciting and I think another testament to her, how cool if she can kill it in three sports. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Um, the that- only question about golf I would have is that I, it doesn't sound like she wants to be an individual athlete yeah. anymore. That yeah. would be the only thing that would make me guess. Yeah. Um, Maybe away from the This sp- is speculation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, away from the sporting part, I think a big focus of hers moving forward will be her philanthropy. Um, she spent a bit of time in and around Uluru um, in the last couple of months doing programs with kids there. I think that she um, clearly has a knack for the nonprofit sector and cares about that stuff as a proud Aboriginal woman. I think she will do a lot more there and, um, yeah, Potentially, that could be a big part of it. I also can't shake the feeling that she wants to have a baby. Oh, probably. Like, yeah. Which would be pretty cool. And yeah. I can't, I think the tone of the way she was speaking was like, when I do that, I want to be doing just that. Yeah. Like, I don't want to have the pressure about returning or making comeback. Like, I'm excited. I hope she does. Yeah. Go, fun, Ash. We're, we're proud of you always. In a week that rightfully distracted us with celebrations across the country for Buddy writing history, the journalists of the AFL found themselves in a boiling pot of their very own. A little over a week ago, audio was leaked wherein AFL journo Tom Morris is caught off camera slagging off on his female colleague. Since then, multiple women in the industry have come forward alleging that this isn't an isolated incident and the AFL are now in a position of having to admit They do, in fact, despite all the good they are doing with the women's game, still have a sexism problem. So for a bit of context here, if you haven't heard about this story, it all sort of started to unfold after the now infamous Luke Beveridge press conference after round one. So if you haven't seen it, Bevo went off at Morris in a post-match interview, calling him a gutter journalist, among other things, Related to something completely different in where Morris sort of leaked the Bulldogs team list earlier than the dogs had released it themselves. In the days following, Bevo then released an apology video saying he was out of line, it's out of character, and that's not the kind of coach he wants to be. The Bulldogs donated $20,000 to a mental health charity in response to all this. But after that situation somewhat settled, a screen recording of a WhatsApp group chat inclusive of a voice memo from Morris was leaked online 
sort of making a point that, yeah, maybe Bevo went off at him, but he's not that good of a guy anyway. So he was stood down from Fox footy immediately. And following that, a separate video surfaced showing him expressing disparaging views on women, Asian, black people and homosexuals. So all in all, a pretty disgusting showing from Tom Morris. First thoughts, feelings, where do we sit on all of this in the game? I think that... I mean, I know where we sit, but like... (laughs) (laughs) This particular thing, the way it unfolded for me um, after... Because that press conference was wild and I highly recommend going and watching that footage because it is so confronting and I think it's important for people to understand the weight of like how jarring that was. And your immediate feeling was like, oh, this poor Jono is just doing his job and there's a leak in the club and whatever, whatever. Like That was wild. And then that being the way that this all comes out, like that's so interesting. I think that sort of it being a a bit of a cornerstone to start talking about the remaining sexism in the media industry, like not just in sports media, like it exists everywhere. Um, it's something that we're very aware about, but always it's important when these sorts of things happen that you do point back to it and, and talk about the things that need to um, be done. It's great that there's a lot of these female sports journalists who are coming out and talking about it. I think that if you'd had something like this happen, you know, even – 10 years ago before there was an AFLW and NRLW um, the women wouldn't I I think it probably wouldn't have blown up in the same way in terms of talking about the industry as a whole and I also think that these particular women wouldn't have the positions they currently do and platforms to talk about it so that's a really positive thing but it's I mean it's just no surprise that it still exists. Do you think that uh, it's a bit of I don't know testament to this journalist's character if the coach is turning around and blasting him like you know there's always behind the scenes and I think that's what not only was it interesting how it unfolded from that but for me I kind of was like ah is he the prime example of yeah like you know even when you think like I just think of like on movies and stuff and there's always that one per like one journo and everyone hates them because they have this reputation blah blah I wonder if behind the scenes and in you know the admin world of the AFL, everyone knows that. And everyone's like, yeah, he sucks. Yeah. And now it's just there was a, you know, a bo- boiling point that Bevo's turned around and gone, up, screw you, bang. And then it just so happens that it unfolded. Like, I just don't think it's a coincidence is what I'm saying. Oh, yeah, no. I don't like, think so I, What I'm saying is I think he must have a history of... For, being you know, this dude. Yes. Also... Being a douche. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Just my, my question to you, Keely, are you also asking if he is the... A good representative of the majority of of men in sports media. No, because I try and steer clear of generalizing. But no, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you asking like, is he actually someone we can point to and go, this is what it's like, like what men in sports media are actually like? And or is he worse than he's the the bad apple? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that's and it it comes across like he's the bad apple. Yeah, and obviously positively, pretty vile. Yeah, Yeah. the fact that he's, it's not even like the fact he hasn't even just. It's not just. He's not being sexist. He's also being racist. Yeah. Like, it's just a lot. Obviously, he cho- shows his true character. Mm. Yeah, for sure. And I think, well, the recording, funnily enough, was leaked by a friend of his. Mm. And the friend has since come out and spoken to the media, saying it was unintentional. He just sort of circulated it one too many times to other friends and then it got a bit out of hand. But it did very much come from a perspective because after the Bevo chat and then when Bevo apologised and the dogs made this big donation, he was kind of like did this very righteous accepting of the apology Mm -hmm. being like you know the dogs have done the right thing and I forgive them and this and that so then people were like 
clearly like, hold on a second. But when we talk about the bad apple element of this, Kelly Underwood is a very well-respected AFL journalist and she has publicly commented on it via the ABC in the weeks following. And a few quotes from her, uh, she said, everyone talks the talk publicly, don't they? We're talking about diversity. We're talking about how important women are. And then to know that when you leave the room, some still live in the dark ages, that hurts. We as women and as leaders in this industry, we can scream from the rooftops and we get accused of sticking up for your mates or whinging. She said, where are the men? That's what's going to change the culture here. Mm. She also was quoted as saying, I don't think any of us ever want to be the only woman in the room. And for me, that was extremely extremely jarring she talked about how well fox responded and how swiftly they stood morris down and how she spent the days following receiving and making calls to all the other women she knew at fox and in the industry everyone was very much checking on each other there was a lot of camaraderie going on but for that to still be the quote that we don't want to be the only one in a group of men, I think that's where you have to sort of wonder if Morris is the bad apple mm. or if this is a much yeah, larger that's problem, which is a definite, like this whole thing is a massive mirror being held up to the AFL sort of behind all of the great work they're doing with the AFLW. In the same breath, that leads me to what I've written down about it being a Fox footy problem, because technically this isn't the AFL. Technically, this is an independent company reporting on the AFL. While they're very closely tied, they have a very long-standing relationship with Fox footy. What, if anything, can the AFL do to actually separate themselves from Fox as its own problematic industry and, you know, prepare for this or not legislate but protect themselves and make their own rules and their own sort of decisions on who and who isn't allowed. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because in, you know, the sports industry now they talk about how um, TV controls the game and plays a massive part in a lot of codes. Uh, So I certainly have never really thought about that um, need for... Yeah, I guess the separation of church and state, right? Like that's what we're talking Mm. about. Um, Whether that's the closeness to that media that also like the game is super reliant on. That's I think that's a really interesting point in this and probably one that hasn't been spoken about that much in terms of how the sport, again, which like has been said, you know, by these people and yourself as well, G, that AFL has done a really good job with building their women's brand and... um, being seen as a as a sport that's really welcoming to women do we think the fallout's going to be that massive like I think it's it's great again that these conversations are being had and I think you look across any sports media brand and often in in male dominated sports there's still that power dynamic and there's still a majority of men in the room which is just a fact well that was going to throw to you actually and say Based on your experience, how do you feel in the rooms that you're a part of being in sports media now? Yeah, I, th- I think I have come from a really, um, I'm in a really privileged position um, because 
I love the ABC sport team. I've never felt uncomfortable or out of place as a woman, um, but I know that a lot of other women have come before me to fight for that. Uh, admittedly, yeah, in those commentary moments, I am the only w- woman there and there's other women obviously who have my role, like Ruan Sims is part of that team. Um, she does commentary. There's another um, couple of women who do sideline as well for the NRL and NRLW, but yeah, it's not all of us together. Um, I think that's just a resource thing more than anything because we're mm. not a massive team. Um, but you look at the wide world of sports team and um, Ruan, Emma Lawrence and um, Alana Ferguson, when she's not on mat leave, have their own. <laughs> she's not making yeah, beautiful babies. Uh, have their own, you know, show now on a Thursday night. And, mm. and there's more instances where you see an Alana and Danica Mason together. Like a, a bit of a the Betchdell test, right? Yeah. So I, I don't know, like. And obviously we're talking – it's so Different much easier for me yeah. to talk from an NRL perspective because like – and this is my job now. So I think I find that a little bit, like you said, G, quite jarring as well because I'm having such a positive experience and I think that – I'm never blind to the fact that just because my experience is one way doesn't mean that there's not problems that remain in the industry. Um, but the other thing and the what you're, we've seen in, in this Kelly Underwood talking about her experience in, in reaching out to all those women and having that camaraderie is that's one of my the greatest things about um, sports media and being a woman in sports media is I've never been surrounded by so much women, so many women and like a different networks and different roles and whatever who genuinely want to see the other women in their industry succeed. But on the back of that, pretty much on what um, Kelly was saying, in her quote, wouldn't it be nice for all of you females in that sports media position to feel the same from a male? Like, you know how she's talking about when she leaves the room, you know, what male's sticking up for her? Wouldn't it be nice to collectively know that not only is she making calls to all the females, but another male is making calls to the females going, hey, just checking in, how you feeling, hey, just checking in? Because I feel like we don't hear enough about that Mm. and that's, you know, that – metaphor of being the only female in the room all the time yeah talking about culture right yeah and, and how you value like your colleague regardless of whether they're a man or a woman. 100 yeah absolutely i think it's like obviously we're lucky to have you in terms of having that insight in your own experience but yeah the whole thing marley when you ask do we really think the fallout is going to be that big well no because this happened 12 days ago and all mm. anyone has been speaking about is buddy franklin and while that absolutely should be celebrated, not taking away from that whatsoever, it's just point and case right there is that we've had one of probably the bigger controversies that are, is like horrifying to read about and to look into, but it's gone in the news cycle that like Tom's been stood down. No one's speaking about it anymore. The cycle has moved on and now the Mm -hmm. AFL is focused on promoting Buddy Franklin. So will the fallout be that big? I don't think so. Do you think this has to be like in this particular case, I'm talking about this case on itself because I think it's different if we're talking about, you know, fans, like say what happened to Erin Mullen, right? She copped it so bad that she got involved with the e-safety commission launched that um you know big piece of work to make sure that people who were sending her death threats because they really didn't like a woman being the front of the footy coverage right like that's what that big problem was in that case that you know that's where the sport itself really needs to publicly address the culture of the fans and the way that they perceive women who are talking about sport and also like she had problems with male colleagues and stuff because of all of that the way that that unfolded, 
that to me feels like a very public story. This is a, as we've said, a fox footy issue. So are they going? I think are they doing the hush hush? I 100 percent they're sweeping another rug. Yeah. But I think I would like to see a or like hear that they're doing an internal. They're getting an independent in to internally review yeah. and figure out the safety of the women. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. do you see how maybe as much as it, yeah, of course it's straight off the, the news cycle, which is just the way we live in a 24 hour news cycle where nothing really lasts that long, unless it is a thousand goals kicked by an, an AFL player, which is like a, you know, something yeah, we'll yeah. never see again, blah, blah, blah. Does it need to be in the headlines like that? Or is it in the hands of Fox footy to do that deep dive. Well, I think it just goes back to what G said. They're an independent company. Yeah. So how much of a say does AFL have? Yeah. They're just going to go, well, we can control Buddy Franklin and that's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, absolutely. And Gil McLaughlin, the AFL CEO, has come out saying basically that. He said it's absolutely not acceptable and he was disappointed to his core and that he's in close communications with Fox and hopes that they'll be reviewing it internally. So, yeah, yeah it, it is tough, exactly that point of yeah. AFL trying to keep it separate. So, I mean, it's a disappointing thing, but it's an, an unfortunate reminder that so much sexism exists in so many different workplaces. Um, and it's it's about, you know, even if you are in an industry or a, a sport or whatever where it does look like there's leaps and bounds being made that you constantly, you know, are checked a bit and have, you know, conversations where that sort of behaviour is called out. And to wrap up around the grounds, um, there's a few fun things going on this week in the sporting world and I thought we'd just quickly touch on them um, briefly and just see how you guys feel about it. So I'm just going to go through a few fun stories. Just something else I've added in (laughs) with me. So first of all, um, to talk about the WSL Tour, the next um, round is at Bells Beach in Australia, which is obviously exciting in itself. And announced one day ago, the great Mick Fanning has been pulled in as a wild card. Yeah, he has. Yeah, which is like King. hectic. King. Um, and I was reading a quote from him and he said that this is the one that he wanted, he really, really wanted to get pulled in for. Um, he got pulled in for Narrabeen last time and he was like, which was obviously great, but like Bells Beach, he was like set on. Um, so very exciting. That is on April 10 to the 20th. Next, this weekend, I mean, we've kind of touched on it a little bit, but need to acknowledge it more. The first final series for the NRLW, first proper final series, because usually it's just been th- four teams. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. How exciting. I, I did a double I'm take and I'm like, what do you mean? This is the fourth NRLW season no, no, no. that I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Like two teams have missed out yeah, pretty true, much. True. It was really heaps more competitive. Very exciting. Uh, Dragons versus Titans, Roosters versus Broncos. Go, put on your bets. Dragons, Bronx. Same. Dragons are looking But Titans, I, they're, the, they're the team that you like – kind of like don't want to verse because they can just, can, yeah. you know. But oh. G, who are you thinking? Uh, definitely Bronx. I'm going to mix it up and go Titans. I do just yeah. think they're that kind of like wild card element. Would be cool cool for a Queensland um, derby for that final as well up yeah. in Redcliffe. Would be very fun. But low key, I'm back in the Dragons to go all the way, baby. Okay. Okay. I'll back that. We love that. I just, Emma Tonegato, their fullback, freak. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Freak. Oh, my God. Talia Fuimeono. Oh, freak. Yeah, okay. Moving on. Quincy Don. Just oh, go freak. through the team list, Marley. <laughs> yeah, she's on team. Elsie Alberts. Oh, my God. What a beast. Anyways. You go all day. Um, this next one is actually massive in the soccer world, like wild. 
Macedonia knocked Italy out of the World Cup and Italy are the current European champs. How does that? That's wild. Okay. So- Explain. Circle nerd coming in. So shots for goal, not shots on target, just shots in general. Italy had 32. 32. Macedonia had four, right? Possession. Now, possession is massive in soccer because if you don't have the ball, you can't score like anything. But, you know, they focus a lot on possession. Italy, 66%. Macedonia, 34. Holy. <laughs> Pass accuracy, 83% for Italy, 72 for Macedonia. This just shows, listen to this, Italy, 16 corners, Macedonia, zero. This is why some people don't like soccer because you look at that yeah. and you're like, how oh, is it not, how did yeah. they not win? Yeah. But you have one opportunity and you nail it and that's the game. Mm-hmm. It was 1-0. How wild is that? So wild. Right? Um, I have to give a small shout-out to Mitch Parker because he just did tell me, make sure you read the stats. Yeah. So, yeah. Love an underdog. Yeah, we love that. Uh, One that I need you, Georgia, to just think of one word to describe this for you. The Queensland coaching staff announced Billy Slater, Cameron Smith, Jonathan Thurston. Go. I just think that, look, regardless, I don't know team lists yet, so who knows. But I think that they are going, like, if you're looking for someone who knows how to win games, like, look no further. But also I just think they'll bring, like, the heart that Queensland have been lacking the past couple years. Okay, we don't need to start, Ari. Molly, you're just sour. (laughs) I don't know. Oh, So who won last year? Anyway, moving on to the last story, because I'm not going to deal with this right now. This... We've been brewing on this. Oh, my God. I can't even begin. No, I am going to begin because yeah, this is what we're talking in about. In the beginning. In the beginning. Um, <laughs> two words, Buddy Franklin. Oh, my God. I just I just need oh. to. Do you want to tell your perspective of the night and then I'll tell my perspective? Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Wow. I'll start. You just it's, start. Oh, it's still just so fresh in the, my body. I know. Like, I can't even tell you the... I don't think I've ever had that much of an adrenaline rush. Like, yes. Actually, no, I have when I was bungee jumping. But this would be True. second. Well, there you go. That yeah? says something, doesn't it? Should we explain what we're talking about? Yep. So, Friday night, SCG, the Sydney Swans are playing. What is it? Oh, Geelong Cats. Oh, my You're, God. Who cares about I, that? I know. I was like. We were going and in the crowd, people are going, we don't care. We're here for Buddy. Yeah. Like, everyone's like, no one cares about the cats. And as we spoke about last week on the podcast, Buddy Franklin was sitting at 996 goals, um, which I think I actually feedback for myself. I, we got that wrong last week, I think. But, yep, 996. So everyone's packed out the SCG going, yep, he's going to kick four, he's going to kick four. There was crazy bets on sports bet. And then other people going, nah, he's not going. Nah, I'm not going. Nah, I'm not going. Like I've spoken to so many people who were like, nah, I didn't think he'd get it, so I didn't go. What a fool. I know. So many people regretted it. So many people replied to our social medias yep. being like, I, I can't believe you were there. I actually got a good one from a um, friend of the show, Lockie Wales, who said, of course it's you who's right in front of them and gets the best video. Can I just say <laughs> shout out to Deb Silver? Yes. Because we bought tickets relatively late because um, I had said to our fam, 
We've got to get there. Like, uh, he's going to do it this week. It's going to be at the SCG. It's going to be the greatest thing ever. And we bought tickets pretty late. And we didn't know, we thought they were going to be up in the nosebleeds. We were in prime position, right on the field, basically. And then where he kicked that goal, we were on the fence line. Yeah. So let's so, talk about from third quarter time, right? So he kicked three. Yeah. From third quarter okay. time, I need everyone. To descri- no, but we need to describe this moment. Okay. So. He kicks the third goal. Like, he kicks two and everyone's going, oh, my God, maybe he's going to do it. And we're screaming. We're freaking out. Like, it's amazing. And everyone's just going, buddy. Every time he went off, everyone's going, boo. And he'd stand up. Everyone go, yeah. He'd sit back down. Everyone go, boo. <laughs> like, it was insane. Obviously, AFL Anywhere games. Anywhere he went, neither the ball. Yeah, like, AFL games, obviously. And, like, everyone's going, don't be a dog. Give it to Buddy. Yeah. Like, yelling at all the players. When he kicked the third one, I've not... I've never seen. I've anything never like seen anything it. like it. Everyone just slowly started making their way down to the fence, like flooded down. And but just as he made it, I looked at Marley and said, "We're going on the fence line now." And Marley's like, oh, "Oh, I don't know." And I said, "We're going now." And she's like, "All right." So we went straight on the fence line. We're right at where the fence is about to, op- like, fence is going to open. Anyway, then we're like waiting and waiting. We're talking to all these people around us, and like everyone's being funny, like talking to security guards, whatever. Everyone's just on edge, and like everyone's like, "I'm nervous. I don't know how to feel," kind of thing. And then you kind of – it was kind of a weird, surreal, felt like it went silent because mm. you see him, like, change direction and he's completely free and everyone's like, <gasps> and Mark. Then, Mark. And everyone's like, oh, my God. Like, freaking Goose, out. I've got goosebumps right now actually talking about it. Look at my leg. Yeah. And I've never experienced – like, I can't even describe it. It makes me so happy. I think I was on a rush the whole weekend. I think that's why I had such a good weekend. Yeah. I woke up yesterday, Monday morning, like, nah, this is – I feel this is great. great. I live in a world where I saw Buddy kick his thousandth goal. But, like, I think an important thing to touch on, and I could talk about this all day, two things for me. First thing, I've bolted, and I'll tell that story in a moment in the MVP section, but I've bolted and then kind of gone, oh, Marley's uncone. Sometimes she falls over. So I keep turning around going, where is she? Where is she? Because I'm expecting her to get trampled on. Because in the video that I have, about three people in front of me, bang, falls, falls, falls. Um, But I think the second thing that was really cool to reflect on was the fact that, first of all, AFL had this hectic tradition that everyone is just like this, like, yep, sweet. Everyone knows and everyone has a good understanding of it. But like there's no fights, there's no yeah. dickheads. It's like not an NRL game. Yeah, it wasn't an NRL <laughs> game. Everyone was just like, la, la, we love Buddy, we love AFL. Okay, we're going to get off now. I mean, it took everyone about 35 minutes to get off, but everyone got off and then the game continued for that last seven minutes. Um, but I think like I will never experience anything like that at a sporting game, I don't think, ever again. It, not, not not to the way it was, not no. that we're sitting in the perfect position. Not, you couldn't have written a better story. Not that story. you get to run onto a field right. when the players are still on there. Uh, like I just, yeah, you couldn't have written a better story. It was a beautiful thing. Very grateful. My favourite, like obviously watching it all unfold was like very sick and to be there, like I cannot even imagine, but the footage over here and trying to explain to Brits, A, what was going on and B, how freaking cool it was. Like they were just like, what? like goals, AFL, like so confused. But I was like, guys, you don't understand. This is the greatest thing that's happened in the game. Like, But two amazing things that I freaking loved about the whole thing. A, the kid who kicked it to Buddy, who took the mark, who got the goal. He was like, there's videos of him with fans being like, I kicked it to him. And it's just so good. But B, the Swans players who got lost outside the stadium. So I don't know if you've yes. seen the photo of it, but obviously everyone had to evacuate and they're like 
have clearly never been out that part of the stadium and my players go like in and under blah, 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 and they're just like wandering about like unsure how to get back in like with the public just out there loved it like loved it. one of them was ollie florent who i interviewed on abc last week and he's like the biggest chiller ever and i could just like the way that he speaks and that i could just imagine him being like oh well, this happened. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So good. Ah, oh, what a moment. I just love it. They brought everyone a lot of joy as well. So what a time. You the real MVP. Now it's time for a segment that we call MVPs where we award someone or something, our own personal MVP title, something they've done that's brought us a bit of joy this particular week. George Moore, I'll go to you first. Who's your MVP all the way in London town? All the way in London town, my MVP goes right back to Melbourne town, to the Collingwood Banner team. Now, NRL don't really do this for like milestones and stuff they kind of do, but being an AFL person, they have banners every single game. Every single home game they make banners. There's a team that are not employed by the club. They're usually volunteers. They're usually mad fans, members, and they make the banner every single week. So last week after Collingwood won, a young player, he's a rookie, Jack Ginevan, I think is how you say his last name, had his like GoPro out. He was filming. The boys were up and about. He was like, you know, vlogging as they say. And Kane Corns, who is kind of like the ultimate bad guy in AFL journalism, was like, you know, they finished 17th last year. You've beaten St Kilda. No one cares about St Kilda. Like, you've played six games, mate. Like, sit down. Who are you to be celebrating? Blah, blah, blah. So, like, wet blanket vibes. Anyway, the Collingwood Volunteers made the banner this week. And it's pretty inconspicuous when you first look at it. But, so it says... Black and white stripes on the G looking nice, flying around the crows, powerful, quick, precise. But they've altered all the letters so then it spells out Kane Corns, the fun police. (laughs) So all the letters are like slightly offset. So they've just like written on this massive banner being like, mate, let the boys play. And I just thought it was like they went low and he just like the AFL posted it and he just like, commented a bunch of policemen emojis and I was like (laughs) so it was just fun that is so good yeah I love that who's your MVP Keely Silver my MVP goes back to my Friday night experiencing Buddy Franklin um first of all Buddy as an MVP but that's just um just just expected isn't it uh but prior to the kick being made um the goal I should say uh there were some really funny chats happening between crowd and security Mm. and the security guard, the two that were standing in front of us were really happy and just like lighthearted and like, you know, being like, yeah, I'm going to tackle you when you run on. Cause a a few boys are saying like, Oh, you know, are we going to get in trouble kind of thing? And they were like, no, no, I just need to make sure no one gets hurt pretty much. And then everyone started sitting on the fence line and I've gone to sit sit on the fence line. I was like, no, no, don't do that yet. And then he took the mark and I went, "Mup, sweet. So I have to give a shout out to the security guards because we're allowed to sit on the fence line. So the video that I took, I'm literally sitting there like 30 centimetres away from the grass, just like chilling, watching him do his, take his 1,000 And I'm goal. anxiously waiting to jump behind you. Yeah, which like is already – you probably should have been sitting there because I was so jumping is a bit scary. Over, but I did not fall. <laughs> yeah, which is great. But, yeah, just a security guard. I just think it's really nice that um, it was it, – uh, yeah, 
they went about it the right way and it was really lighthearted, so it went well. But I'm just glad I got to have that seat. You bloody beauty, mate. Yeah, brother. Yeah, brother. My MVP is a, a concept, a, a, not a specific thing, but over the weekend and in general, how tight and exciting the opening rounds of the NRL have been uh, because you cannot call a lot of these results, right? Yes. And, again, if you're in a tipping competition, you're failing. Oh, don't I'm, even talk to me about my tipping competition. No, my point, the MVP-ness is in. <laughs> the MVP-ness. See, <laughs> MVP-ness. <laughs> anyway. That's that's the title. That's the title of the episode, MVP-ness. But is, that's MVP-ness. Yes. It absolutely is. I get to upload the episode, so I'm oh, writing that title. The MVP <laughs> behaviour is how tight and good these games are and how dramatic they are. Let's talk about, um, obviously, the Storm Power game right to the end, that race don't try we spoke about earlier. Let's talk about the way that the Canberra bloody Raiders came back. Oh, yeah, that was a great comeback. Amazing. It's it's like a club record, I think, for, yeah. for how they came back. Let's talk about how the Bulldogs, Bulldogs only lost by one. Yes. From a field goal. Yeah. And Brayden Bird scored another try. Yeah, helps. So I just love how unpredictable it is. I think, you know, we made a lot of big calls at the beginning of the season about who was going to do what. And so, sorry, I'm boring you. Yeah. But I just... Just the standard. I'm loving that. And I'm loving it. Now we come to our final segment of the show, Our Ones to Watch where we recommend what sport, event, or even a Netflix show you should be watching for the week ahead. Did I sound like you? No. Yeah, I know. Whatever. Um, Georgia Moore, your one to watch. Hit it. Uh, my one to watch is by the awesome team at Thanks Collective. You may know them from the Nico Hines story that sort of broke the NRL world last year. Um, they have done a really awesome, powerful chat with Shane Webke, former Queensland Australian Broncos great. Um, It only was released, I think, maybe last night or a couple of days ago at the time of recording. Um, I watched it very late last night and he's just like an old school gem. And the way he talks about mental health and surviving challenges in life is quite refreshing coming from, you know, middle-aged white man of that generation where they often don't talk about that stuff at all um the video is like really beautifully produced it only goes for 12 minutes or something like that and it's just stunning molly what's your one to watch my one to watch is the continued fallout after the will smith chris oh yeah the oscars thing right so we saw at the time of recording will smith has just released a statement condemning violence in any form, apologising. But I just, what are the PR moves that are going to come next? People have lots of different opinions about things, but I just think it is such a wild, crazy thing if you care about pop culture um, as we do. Uh, just I'm going to keep be keeping eyes on it. I cannot wait for the Red Table Talk episode that I'm sure is going to happen post this. That's all. True. What's your one to watch, Killisor? My one to watch is... A little video slash movie on Tony Hawk. We haven't talked about Tony Hawk in a while. I know. How and is he? Yeah, he's good. He, he could... broke his femur three weeks ago. What? Yeah, in half. In half? He was at the yeah. office. 
Yeah, yeah, I know. Yep, MVP behavior. With Sean White and Kelly Slater. Oh, yeah. you posted that, yes. Yeah, but he like good like can mobilize right now. Mm. Um, with the after fracturing his femur, which is wild. Um, yeah, he wrote a big post on it. I'll um send it to you so you can have a read. But yeah, basically, it's called "Until the Wheels Fall Off." The trailer came out uh last week two weeks ago so watch the trailer that's my one to watch um that it says that it's coming out on april 5th on hbo oh it sucks it's so hard to get hbo i know that's why i was like yeah but still still interesting um if anything the one to watch is go stalk tony hawk and just see out so yeah so that's what out what he's been doing the last few weeks how he broke his leg and he still went to the Oscars and this trailer got released. The trailer was really interesting. Actually made me feel bad that I don't know enough about him. I was kind of like, oh. But, you know, that always happens when you see when those do- when documentary teams. Oh, my God. I know. Highlight. So cool. Well, that brings us to the end of the show. Does it? Thanks for hanging out. Does it? Thanks for hanging out, all my MVP. This is... <laughs> It's a thing now. It's a thing. Yeah, the only one laughing. It's funny. You watch. People will laugh. Okay. If you are enjoying the show, despite some of the silliness, thank you for starters. Make sure you give us a five-star rating wherever you're listening. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Follow us on Instagram at Chicks and Balls Pod. Follow us on TikTok at Chicks and Balls Pod. And follow us on Twitter at Chicks and Balls No Pod. And our DMs are always open. We love you guys and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Get, your, get out your wiggle get fingers. Get out your wiggle fingers. Yeah, baby. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Don't do that. I'm sweaty. And tired. You need to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>